Blog Talk Radio. Breathe. 
everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Radio Show. The song you just heard is my single, Another Life, off of my debut album, Leave It All Behind, which you can find on iTunes by searching Carrie Edelman. So I want to thank everyone for joining us tonight. I'm really excited uh, for the guests that we have on the show tonight. We have author and autism advocate, as well as Howard Stern fan, as I cannot leave that part out, Kim Stagliano, and she will be joining us shortly. I'm just going to go over a little bit about my show. We will be discussing tonight her debut book that she uh, has out right now, which she's currently doing a book tour with and book signings and readings all over the country called All I Can Handle. I'm the Mother Teresa, a life raising three daughters with autism. And anyone interested in purchasing her book and learning more information, go to www.kimstagliano.com and we will plug that throughout the show and give you more information on ways to purchase the book and learn more about it. Before I bring her on tonight, just want to tell everyone a little bit about the concept of my show. Um, As a clinical psychologist as well as a singer-songwriter, I've always wanted to combine my passion with psychology as well as my entertainment background and start a show where I can really hone in on supporting various types of professions and people doing really interesting and creative things. Um, That's definitely one of the concepts of my show. I know from my hands personally how difficult it is, especially in the music industry and being involved in pretty much any type of creative profession, it's very difficult to get your name out there. So my show is definitely um, brought on as a forum to really assist people with supporting them and promoting uh, what they do so we can help them get their name out there and let the world learn about who they are. So on my show, you're going to get a real taste of what these people's lives are like. And just to digress for a moment, um, you will definitely get a taste of what Kim's life is like. And I read her book, and it's just it's phenomenal. I mean, you really... I personally felt like I was living through every moment, every time I was reading her different chapters and the various you know, concepts she goes over, which we'll talk about. It's an awesome book, and I really want people to go out and purchase this book. You're going to learn a lot tonight about um, various spectrum disorders, including autism, Asperger's disorder, and we will we'll talk about a lot of different things related to the topic tonight. So it's going to be a really great show. So a few concepts that I want people to keep in mind is that although I'm a clinical psychologist, my show is not meant by any means to be providing any type of therapy or formal treatment to people. Um, We will go over clinical concepts, which we will probably do um, a lot on this show. But again, it's going to be more in a broad sense to just give people an understanding of the concepts. We're not going to be talking about therapy cases or or things like that. And secondly, since we will be talking about exciting, intriguing, maybe controversial stories at times, I do request kindly that people keep specific persons or organizations, um, names of them to, you know, not, I guess, anonymous, uh, talking about things in anonymous fashion so that we're not, you know, uh, degrading anyone or embarrassing anyone. That's, That's not the concept of the show. But I do want people to feel real and open to discuss whatever they'd like. So at the end of the show, I will also give people information about how to become a guest. If you are currently tuning in, please create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to www.blogtalkradio.com. And feel free to join us in the chat room. I know we have a couple people in there right now. So welcome to Mooski and Asperger Sadie right now. So 
If anyone wants to call in, too, I'm sure Kim will be more than open to answering questions. We can have an open discussion about anything. The number is 805-243-1320. We will also mention that frequently throughout the show, so feel free to call in. So let's get to our guest. Now I'm going to give people some background on Kim, and then we will bring her on the air. Um, as I mentioned, I had I had read her book, and it's a phenomenal book uh, called All I Can Handle. I'm the Mother, Mother Teresa, and it's discussing her life about raising three autistic daughters. Um, author Kim Staguiano is a nationally recognized autism advocate and speaker. She's a strong and well-respected woman and mother as she's in the unique position of raising three daughters who are formally diagnosed with autism. Her family is atypical as autism more often runs and affects boys, but as a result of having three daughters with autism, her family has become the center of national media attention. Um, I see her as being someone who is extremely resilient. She's impressive. She's a powerful woman, and, and I actually compare her to Superwoman because I, I really do wonder how she does it all, and um, we'll talk more about that on the show and, and everything she's accomplished. Um, Kim is also the managing editor of the nation's first daily web newspaper about autism titled AgeofAutism.com. She also writes for the Huffington Post, is on the editorial staff of the Autism File magazine, and is a feature writer for Spectrum magazine. Kim regularly speaks at national autism conferences and has made appearances on Good Morning America, ABC News, Fox News, as well as has been featured in the Chicago Tribune and the National Catholic Register. And again, her book, All I Can Handle, I'm No Mother Teresa, details her life of raising through autism autistic daughters, and for more information, visit www.kimstagliano, and that is S-T-A-G-L-I-A-N-O.com. So why don't we bring Kim on the air, and let's start this interview tonight. Kim, you're now on the Carrie Edelman Show. Hi, Carrie. Thank you very much. Oh, my gosh, I'm exhausted. <laughs> Just That can't be me. <laughs> No, I know, Kim, you know, it's funny. I think I'm like, i got to shorten this intro, and I just can't. I'm just like, I have so much stuff I want to cover. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, it's, um, it's, it's such a treat to be here. Thank you so much. Absolutely, absolutely. I've been really looking forward to having you on. So how are you doing? I am great. I am uh, Good? tucked into my room. I'm on my princess phone. I have my bottle of vanilla seltzer next to me. I painted my fingernails. I'm happy as a clam. Nice. <laughs> Nice, awesome. That sounds great. So you sound you sound very relaxed, despite I know your life is is very um, what's it called? Very busy, to say the least. We could say, right? Yes, it is busy. Well put. <laughs> well put. Um, so yeah, I wanted to I guess start out the interview. I mean, there's so many different things we can talk about, and I know you mentioned mm-hmm. on Facebook. I I'd seen you post something. You're like, we're not sure where this will be tonight. So I really. You know, I have some questions, but I really want to leave it as an open forum, too, for you to discuss whatever you find, you know what I mean, to be the mm-hmm. most important. Um, so feel free to interrupt me at any time. And, you, you know, if the topic goes in a certain direction, we will we'll just go with the flow. Sure. Sounds good. Okay. So, um, so yeah, to start out, I mean, I just wanted to say, you know, I absolutely loved your book, and I, I really could – empathize, and, and probably a lot of it has to be with me doing a psychologist. I mean, I really could put sure. myself in your shoes, and I could feel everything you were doing. And, you know, I'm truly 
impressed. I mean, you're just such a resilient person. Whether I, I remember the beginning of it, you're talking about you're trying to get Chinese food with Mia and Gianna. And um, yep. just to digress to the audience, her daughter's names are uh, Mia, who's your oldest daughter, and then Gianna's yes. the middle, and Bella is the youngest. Um, so from dealing with, you know, just trying to, to get some Chinese food, and unfortunately you couldn't even get the Chinese food. Uh, it didn't end with, well. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't end well. To, you know, dealing with floods in the toilet, trying to get these kids ready for school, and, and all these different things cropping up. Um when did you decide to to write this book, and and what was the perspective that you wanted to take um, to deliver to your audience? Sure, uh, two great questions. Um, I didn't want to write the book ever, but oh, okay. my agent, yeah, my agent in New York, um, I'd written fiction, and as my agent was submitting it to editors in New York, um, he kept hearing, "Well, we like the fiction, but clearly this woman has a story to tell. Maybe she should just tell her story." And I didn't really want to relive, you know, from the the dawn of civilization what we've been through because it's hard. Um, but finally, after hearing it often enough, and I'd, I'd started writing in enough places, and I'd realized that I can use humor to make what could be a really tough story far more palatable. I call it the spoonful of sugar approach. Um, I realized, okay. yeah, I can do this. So. We put together a proposal, and the difference between my book and everything else that was out there was that my book is really funny. And that's critical to me because um, ain't nobody going to read it otherwise. It's just it, 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 it was hard for me to think of it in, in serious terms. Mm -hmm. I had to put humor uh, in the presentation of the topic. The topic's not all that funny. You know, three severely no, impaired kids isn't exactly – you know, it's not exactly fodder for a, a circus, um, although we are a circus. But um, so I found a way to make it funny, and that's I had I have two reasons for doing that. One for the autism community because God knows we need to laugh, and two right. for you, for a psychologist, for a teacher, for the family members who don't get it, and they are legion. You know, people that you think should sort of have a clue as to what your life is like just don't. Uh, and no, I realize that I'm not. never going to reach you without humor. Because now you can sort of empathize, but my in fact, I wanted to put this on a banner on the front of the book, and my publisher said, "No, you won't need a Prozac okay. to read it." That was my tagline. Right. Didn't fly. I did see that in it. That's a that's a great. <laughs> I, put, I didn't. I wouldn't put it on it, so I put it in it, um, and, and it just it, it makes the topic uh, amenable. And, and if you can't do that, you know, there's a phrase that the best nonfiction reads like fiction, and that's what I wanted. I wrote it in quick sound bites so people can pick mm -hmm. up the book, put it down, not get lost, pick it up two weeks later, still jump in, and always feel the best thing I'm hearing from people inside the community is, I don't feel so alone. And that was really my goal, because an autism awesome. diagnosis can make for a lonely road. So yes. we're all in this together. Yes, absolutely. I, I agree. I agree that, you know, you'd put it down and, you know, I'd read a couple of chapters here and there and I would pick it mm -hmm. up and right, I'd feel like I could just fall right back into it. And, yep. yeah, it, it's it's just a great book. And that's that's a great approach to take so that you can get people to really understand what you're dealing with but also make it, you know, like you said, in so many words, entertaining so that they, they stick with it. Um, yes. Do you, I think, and this is interesting because I know you mentioned this and I, was gonna, I wasn't sure where to bring it up, but I think this is interesting. Mm -hmm. You talked towards the end of the book about neurodiversity, and yes. one of the concepts you brought up was that some people in the autistic community are not too happy with, for example, and we're not going to be gross, but hey, we both like Howard Stern, so why not? You know, you talk <laughs> about 
kid, the kids smearing feces on the wall, and that's you know that's part of the disorder, right. and that's part of what you're dealing with. Yep. And you said you got some flack for people saying, you know, you're embarrassing your kids by doing that, or yep. how could you do that? And I totally could appreciate it and, and empathize from your point of view that, you know what, the day Mia walks up to you and is able to communicate, hey, mom, you're embarrassing me, you know what, you're right, that's groundbreaking. And yeah. I just thought that that was a really interesting, like, parallel. So if you want to mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that, I think it's sure. really interesting. Well, yeah. Every mother has to embarrass their child. A, that's your job. You know, it comes along with the motherhood certificate. At some point, every kid is horrified by their parents. Um, but there's a there is a there is a uh, there's a push sort of in the media and amongst a certain segment of the autism population. By autism, I really mean Aspergers um, okay. to normalize, make autism seem like it's just always been here and it's just a brain difference and it's just another way of thinking, almost like hair color right. or eye color. Right. And for for those people who are high enough functioning that they take pride in their pro, their thought processes and such, I'm a huge cheerleader. Amen. God bless. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. sometimes <laughs> it, the irony is because of their autism, they can't see outside of their black and white box to the fact that right. my children are severely impaired and face a lifetime of depending on other people who are paid 12 bucks an hour to take care of them. So right. it's it's right. sort of an irony. I mean, yeah, I can understand. You, 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 if you're a high-functioning person, uh, don't try to tell the world that autism is just, you know, a great memory and it's tech skills and it's, you know, Bill Gates. That's right. not what most of us live with day to day. It's really not even what most people with high-functioning autism and Asperger's live with day to day. No, absolutely it's, not. It's a tough I mean, I, diagnosis. Absolutely. Uh, you know, even for an adult, finding a job, keeping a job, maintaining relationships, the things that you and I as neurotypicals take for granted are very difficult for a person anywhere on the spectrum. So, uh, and unless you, you know, I, I kind of say, you know, there's a big push for awareness and April was Autism Awareness Month and it is like my least favorite month of the year because awareness really? doesn't mean jack diddly. Yeah. What is awareness? Okay. You know, if I know that your house is burning but I don't call 911, mm-hmm. what's the point? Right. It, it, right. It, I always call it autism action. So what, I mean, so, so unless I can concept? educate people, how can people act if they don't know what to do? So, what's so the you have to share the of, stories. Sure. What's the concept then of, of from your perspective? Because again, I want you to educate me too. Cause mm-hmm. Just you know, as a side note, as a psychologist, you know, I'm, I mostly sure. work with adult disorders, major access mm-hmm. ones. I don't you know, do much, unfortunately, with, you know, infancy and disorders of childhood, such yep. as spectrum disorders. And I know mm-hmm. a little bit about them, but I'm yep. by no means an expert, so I want to just make that, you know, um, put that out there. So what is your perspective then? What is what is Autism Awareness Month from, I guess, the people that are doing this? What are they trying to do, just make people aware that the disorder exists, like you're saying, without actually implementing some form of action? To some degree, you know, it's, you know, light it up blue, you know, make the Empire State Building blue. I mean, really? Right. Does that do a a shred of anything for anybody except maybe the guy who's paid to change the light bulbs? (laughs) Right, right. I I just, uh, you know, it's like, and and, and maybe people in the breast cancer community feel the same way when they see a KitchenAid stand mixer in pink. That's what I was thinking 
Right. You know, does that really do anything? Uh, the football players wearing pink, you know, we're aware, but what are we doing? Uh, I'm just, I'm action-oriented. It's my personality, and um, these, you know, there's, a, there's a barrage of, of kids growing older who need a tremendous amount of help. So uh, the fluff, to me, I just don't have any patience for it. I know it's important right. because most people don't live in this world, uh, but it still pisses me off. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and I can... I can appreciate that. I mean, especially, you know, when you're in a situation and you're, like you said, you're you're raising three daughters that are severely impaired. It's not like they're extremely high-functioning Asperger's, you know what I mean, disorder, according to what you're saying, right, is they're going to need a lot of assistance. And, you know, even reading your book, you know, as I was getting more, and I don't want to reveal too much about it because I want people to buy it, but, you know, as I was able to see them developing over time and like you know you talk mm-hmm. about they're going to get older and, and what's going to happen when you know you and your husband get older and yeah. who's going to support them and you know what I mean or is there going to be a group home to hopefully maybe help them out if they need some help so I I can totally appreciate what you're saying um, and that's yes yeah, it's, it's really it's really tough and I know from your book like you said and I thought it was really interesting because you know it is heartbreaking and I can totally put myself in your shoes even though I'm not in your shoes but mm-hmm. I know you said towards the end you said you know some people talk about when's it going to be my time and it kind of yep. put a, a chill down my spine when you said you know what it is my time and I thought you know what that's your action oriented right there that is you mm-hmm. basically showing you know what it's not like saying okay well, when's my time when can Stegolino's time it's like this is my time now and I'm doing what I need to do um, I am so and I have a great life talk, you know my husband and I, Mark is his name, uh, he, we've been married almost 20 years, 20 years this fall, and uh, wow, the book opens up with our wedding. You know, The book opens up with me mm-hmm. standing on the altar listening to the priest say for better or for blah, 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 You know, in richer and in blah, blah, blah. Because when you're a kid and you're getting married, who thinks of the bad stuff? Nobody. Right. And, right. and and all of us have something probably pretty major that we're dealing with. It might be uh, financial. Mark lost his job a couple mm-hmm. of times, wiped us out. Sure. I'm sure many of your listeners and, and just people out there, we all know what the economy is like. I mean, I, you know, we all say nobody gets through life unscathed. So you can choose to wake up and be miserable or you can just, mm-hmm. by acting for my kids, by doing as much as I do, it makes me feel like I'm making progress, and I think that's what keeps me from, you know, taking a walk on the Merritt Parkway at midnight. I, I'm, I'm, right. I'm moving forward, and and I love my kids. Uh, at the end of the day, they're just my kids. They're they're little I human know. beings, you know. So it's I know. not that I'd tough. I'd love to meet them at some point. I got to meet them they're at beautiful. some point. They're just adorable. I know. They're happy. You know, they they love school. They go smiling. They come home right. smiling. They they have great joy in their lives. I'm sad for what they're missing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they have. The, I know that they have an awareness of what they're missing. They're not, uh, you know, it's not like someone's in a coma and has no, you know, it's like when you hear someone's in a coma and sure. then you find out afterward when they come out, they knew everything that was going on and you kind of freak out about that, like, wow, that must have been really hard. I know my kids know what's going on and I know they know they have deficits. They're not, right. they're not immune to that or blind to that. They're not dumb. Um and I'm sure that's hard for them, and in some ways they can articulate it. Gianna once said to me, Gianna wants friends. You know, you, you, it, it, it breaks your heart. Uh, but overall, we have a really nice life. You know, it's 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 different, yeah, I say. I mean, it's, 
it's it's not Holland. It's not. It's we call it Schmoland or Beirut. You know that their Italy versus Holland thing. Uh, we say no. It's, right. it's Schmoland or Beirut. You know. <laughs> but Absolutely. that's what it is. So and I mean, what, what am I going to do? Right. And I mean, you've got such a supportive husband, and that was just so wonderful to read. I I can't even imagine. Maybe you can comment on, you know, people mm-hmm. who are in similar situations like you, yep. and. and do the marriages, are they able to sustain and, and last with all these, as you would call it, uh, what did you call it, the stagtastrophe? Stagtastrophe, yes. Yeah. <laughs> stagtastrophe. Yeah. So right, when you have all these different things just cropping up one after another, whether it's yep. your husband losing his job a couple of times, you know, the girls having all their complicated situations. I mean, do you, do you know, is there any statistical data in terms of marriages and couples being able to you know, continue to go yeah. on? There are stats thrown about, but I, nobody has ever, I, I, 80% of marriages with autism end in divorce. Never, I've never seen it. Right. Most of my friends right. in the community are still married. And for the ones oh, who have great. gotten divorced, most of them will say to me, you know, it really wasn't the autism. It was, right. you know, yes, there's autism, but that wasn't really the factor. So I don't think it's, I don't think the divorce rate is particularly higher or lower. Um, I used to say to Mark, you know, you're 52 years old and you're starting from scratch financially and you've got three kids with autism. You can't afford to divorce me. Who's going to marry you? You know, <laughs> what kind of trophy, what kind of trophy wife are you going to get? <laughs> so, uh, and, uh, and our marriage hasn't been easy and there have been times when we've both, I'm sure, wanted to walk out the door, uh, but mm-hmm. it's it's just not what we've done. So um, we yell a lot. I talk about that. We're Irish, Italian. We yell, we scream, right. we get it out, we move on. And I think that's important yeah. Well, I think in any relationship, communication is so key. I mean, I, I'm not going to get into it now because this shows about you, but I have friends that are married, and I question yep. why are they married because it's just one fight after another, and I say you need to communicate with each other. Well, you know, he doesn't want to talk or he doesn't want to go to therapy, and I'm like, well, yep. if you don't have that basic key factor there, you're going to have a lot. You're going to have a lot of difficulties and a really tough road ahead of you. Sure. Um, so, so that's wonderful. I mean, yeah, your, your relationship. I mean, everything is just. It's, it's very touching reading about the two of you. So, give well, I say that you know business. we've clung to each other even when clinging means drawing blood, and that's right. true. You know. Right. So, right. So far, we've made it this far. But my fam- my parents have friends. I was just thinking of them. My parents have friends. My dad is elderly; he's 88 years old, and one of his friends wow. is a dentist, like my dad. And his he this man divorced his wife after like 62 years of marriage. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh my he was gosh. in his early 80s. It was this huge scandal. You know, Dr. T is he's divorcing his wife. I was like, get out of town. <laughs> so wow. I'm, I'm always caught. I'm always caught. So 20 years is nothing, apparently. <laughs> well, I still commend you. I think it's wonderful. I think it's great. Thank I mean, you. You guys really weathered the storm. and you know, you've We have weathered the storm. Oy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk a little bit about, I mean, I definitely want to get into a lot of the spectrum related, you know, causes and treatments mm-hmm. and things like that. But I definitely want to know, because like you said, your book is based on, on humor and that's a way to pull the people in and get them to relate to what you're going through. So yeah. how did you come across Howard Stern and become well, a fan of his? <laughs> when we moved to Cleveland many years ago, my husband's from Cleveland, and I started listening to him on WNCX, and I, I just it just clicked with me. I mean, just... Mm-hmm. Inside of this 47-year-old woman is an 11-year-old boy who is never <laughs> going to depart. No question. Right. And I just never. St- 
I just listened and I and I fell in love with the humor and kept going. And so when he left you know, terrestrial radio and went to satellite, you know, immediately got serious so I could have him again. I've got a I've got the I've got serious in my bedroom, I've got it in my minivan, I've got it on my right. app, it's in my I wake up at five thirty, I go downstairs, I start breakfast for the kids, I put my app in my ear because my I don't let my kids listen, you know. Sure. Just, as I say in the book, you know, autism equals echolalia, and I don't want you know, exactly. Bella's first words to be, are those real or implants? I'm like, no, I can't let the girls hear this. Um, yeah. And I just, I write in the book, uh, Howard Stern makes me feel free. It's, uh, my life doesn't fit any mold. And I have a chapter called, and I listen to Howard Stern every day in the book. And, you know, people are kind of appalled, this middle-aged woman who listens to Howard Stern. I'm like, yeah, I do. You know, if you don't like it, turn the dial. I turn the dial sometimes. There are things that he airs that I don't want to listen to. Click. Very easy. Um, Right. But uh, just memories. You know, I talk about the the cookie push bit that he did. And I I can picture myself... (laughs) When I was listening to it, I was working in Philly, and I had the kids, and I was stressed out. And then they replayed it many years later, and I heard it for the first time in, I don't know, almost 10 years or something. And it just brought back a flood of happy memories. And I actually sent an email into the show after they aired the Best Of with Donald Trump yeah. a couple of years ago when they first got on Sirius. And Fred read my email on the air, and I was very touched. And I said, you know, I'm a mom, three awesome. kids with autism. And I remember Fred saying, wow, three kids with autism, you know, holy cow. Um, and, uh, you know, I love Gary. I went to Gary's book signing. I met him. I was like, oh, it's Gary. Um, I just, uh, I'm hooked. I am hooked. <laughs> and I and I think, and I agree, I, I think you, it takes a certain, it's weird. I was saying I Joe Joe Mooski is right now in the chat room. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you, know, you know Joe. Hi, Joe. And let's plug him, let's plug Joe real quick, and then I'll, I'll get to a little bit more with the Howard Stern. Uh, everyone, <laughs> check out Joe Mooski. If you're a Howard Stern fan, become a fan of Howard Stern Superfans on Facebook, and check out his uh, website and daily blog at www.superfans.com, and you'll find everything you need about Howard, as well as I always plug Mark's Friggin'. And Mark Spriggan has yep. a website. It's markspriggan.com, and he gives you basically a rundown of the show. So if you miss anything on that show, go to markspriggan.com, and you will get your daily highlights on the Howard Stern Show. But, um, but like you were saying, I think, I don't know, it takes a certain personality. Most people are appalled when I say I like them. And I didn't start <laughs> listening to them until about maybe like, you know, eight-plus years ago. My boyfriend was really into it, and I said, what the heck is Howard Stern about? I didn't even know what he was about. And he took me mm-hmm. to see the movie. Actually, it was more than eight oh. years ago. It was back in 97 when his movie came yeah. out. And similar to you, and, and I think everyone finds their own kind of relationship with, with what Howard Stern means to them. I mean, Kim, I just appreciated him so much. When I saw the hell that that man went through, people telling him he sucked, he's never going to yep. make it, He's and he just kept persevering, similar to you, and he was so resilient. I was like, you know what? He's cool. He's a really cool yep. person, and People can think what they want about him, but you know what? Look at this guy. He made it, the king of all media, and, um, yeah, and I love his humor. I just, I can relate to it, too. I mean, and a lot of people find it, you know, abrasive and hostile and disgusting, but it's just, it's like you said, it's fun, and I work in prison, as you know. So at the end of the day, I want to laugh. i got to come out yeah. and laugh, and, and I can't yeah. be so serious all the time. <laughs> but No. Um, but you make, an, you, make, you make an interesting parallel with your your life and your family, too, because like you said, you don't fit a mold. And it's kind of like, right. I don't want to say Howard Stern's the outcast, but, you know, he's got such an area of personalities and characters. And similar to me, I, I feel like I was always the tomboy, the surfer girl. I never really was 
the girly girl growing up and sitting with everyone, and so I can kind of relate to you too, and I kind of find my own little niche in relationship with him. Um, yeah. If you want to comment any more on that. No, I, that's that's exactly what I say. So you know, I, I, I write in my book. You know, I feel in. Our family doesn't belong among the neurotypical, and with the financial hits we've taken, we don't fit into traditional suburbia any longer either. We barely belong in our own families. So, right. you know, Howard Stern symbolizes, you know, sort of, I feel like when I listen to him, I'm in on the joke. And, and, and everybody wants a sort of a, a place to belong. And the other thing about autism mm-hmm. is it's kind of isolating. You're sort of, you, know, you may spend more time in the house or at therapy sessions. You're not as out there as you might be otherwise. So um, now with this new... Uh, the new app on all the phones. That's just the greatest thing ever. Oh my nice, gosh. Nice. My husband looks at me well, and he says, you have to give their earphones in again, Kim? Like, yeah, I do. <laughs> it's the intern show. It's really good. Ay, ay, ay. Well, that was an interesting comment you just made that I, I just kind of pulled from what you said is that, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you don't fit into the typical lifestyle and you are engaged more in therapy sessions or doing other things. And, I, I mean, how does that impact you personally? It's difficult. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd be mm-hmm. a liar if I didn't say that. You know, it's one thing when the children are very small, but the gap gets wider. And right. you know, at 16, when most of my friends, 16-year-olds, were talking about getting the driver's license, a group of us got together and we had a birthday party at Bounce U, which is a jumping castle place. Now, my kids were happy. We had a blast. It was a fabulous right. day. But I'd be a, right. a complete you know, liar if I didn't say it just... It 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 hurt me so badly, for Mia, not for me. You know, I can I can manage mm-hmm. anything, but that Mia, you know, wasn't at the registry of motor vehicles, you know, getting her permit. Um, right, right. It, it it's a loss. There is absolutely a, a tremendous um, sense of loss for families, a sense of mourning. Uh, you you and like any mourning, you know, if somebody loses a spouse or young or old or a child, you know, some people mm-hmm. are able to move on. And, and, and process it and, and not ignore it, but process it and and manage it and go forward better than others. Right. Just, I'm sure you see that in your practice all the time. Um, some people get past things and keep going. Uh, it doesn't mean you ignore it. It doesn't mean you you uh, mm-hmm. you you forget about it. Uh, but there, it's it's interesting. We call them autism moments in the autism world. You know, blog or Facebook and Twitter and such. And it's amazing sure. the little sure. things, almost like when you lose a spouse, you know, sometimes just hearing a song or you think of someone you miss very badly, it just comes flooding back. Or if you smell a perfume and you think, oh, my mm-hmm. gosh, you know, it reminds me of my grandmother. There are little things that might jog our memories, like with autism, of just, for me, it could be seeing, it could be seeing a child in Target playing with a toy and right. knowing that, you know, at, at four, that child's playing with a toy that might be too advanced for one of my kids. I'm like, Wow. It just bangs you in the head. It's like a, it's like a real kick in the head, uh, and you shake it off like you're on the football field, and you move on. You say, right. "Okay, so right. this is it. So let's keep going." Wow. Yeah. No, I can. Yeah. That's that's really tough. But like you said, I mean, you're you're so resilient, and you're able to, you know, accept it in some way, and, and somehow cope with it. And that's yep. tough. I I can't it even is. you know. I know. Let's, Everybody's let's got something. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with you. Everyone has something. Um, and, and people who look at these, you know, models or these actors or whatever and think, oh, they got the best life in the world. And the, no, they don't. Like you said, everyone's got something going on. Mm-hmm. So 
let's start, you know, delving into a little bit more about the spectrum disorders and I think sure. giving maybe some didactic and education to the audience. And, again, please promote the show even after it's over because, I, to, to be honest with you, I've been getting the podcasts have been doing wonderful. So you know, even if we only had a handful of listeners with the live show, everyone's been checking out the podcast, so it's been really oh, good. Oh, that's awesome. Um, Great. Yeah, yeah, so definitely tell your friends. If, I know it's it's hard to listen in on an evening night at, you know, 8 o'clock p.m. Um, so, yeah, so why don't you describe for the audience a little bit, just a little bit about autism, some of the initial signs or, you mm-hmm. know, symptoms that you saw in, in, you know, Mia especially and Gianna when they were so close sure. to age and, and how you knew something was maybe not right. Sure. Uh, there's a, a a real brief, very official sort of diagnosis, what it, what it is. It's a bioneurological developmental disability that generally appears before the age of three. It impacts the normal development of the brain in the areas of social interaction, communication skills, and cognitive fun- function. Uh, and it can impact social interaction, communication skills, and cognitive function in very different ways. It, it is called a spectrum, right. and it really is you know, a, a spectrum. Um, I, I sort of equate it... I'm, I'm, I call myself the queen of analogies because I really help, think they help people to understand what you're talking about and they help you get your point across. You know, if if a loved if a, if a man in your life whom you love comes home and says, you know, my doctor just found um, early stage prostate cancer, you kind of say, okay, it's treatable. It's you know, you're sad, but you know there's right. a there's a there are really great treatments and you don't you you know they're going to be okay. If the same guy comes home and says, I was just diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, different ballgame. You right, get, you get a different sense right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with autism, it's difficult for people. You you hear that one word, but it means so many different things. Uh, people don't necessarily can't really get a perception of, of what it means. Uh, for some people, it is extreme cognitive impairment uh, and lack of ability to speak and lack of social interaction. For others, right. it's less severe uh, and. For the Asperger's diagnosis, that typically uh, affects social interaction more than it, it doesn't affect speech. It doesn't affect cognitive functioning. Right. So somebody with Asperger's kind of didn't get the playbook on social rules. So they may speak on a topic exactly. far longer than you want them to. They may not look you in the eye. They may um, have rituals that seem foreign to you. Uh, but cognitively, IQ-wise, they can be extremely smart. And mm-hmm. um, they can almost be speak as children um, hyper. They have hyper speech, like little. They call them little professors. And you have a two-year-old who can yak at a yak, <laughs> like an adult. Right. Um, with right. my girls, Mia, <laughs> Mia's 16. Mia develops typically wow. physically. She met all of her milestones her first year, um, and her speech was excellent. She could say the alphabet before two. She could count to 20. She could find you a book by title on the shelf. You know, Dr. Seuss books. I wasn't asked her to go look for Tolstoy. Um, right. <laughs> and uh, you know, I don't want to make her out to be you know, something. I, mean, I was proud of her, but she wasn't. Uh, you know, at early early acceptance to Harvard at two. And what happened with Mia was her speech really didn't develop into usable communication. She used her okay. speech for, for um, labeling and to make her immediate needs known. So that was a red flag to us. Uh, Mia and Gianna are 19 months apart when Gianna was born. Uh, we brought her home from the hospital, and Mia ignored her. I- ignored right. her not just like I'm jealous as a toddler. Sure. Ignored her like there isn't there isn't another human in the room. So wow. that struck us as a, a red flag in looking back. At the time, it 
you know, we didn't know it meant anything. But I remember that little instinct saying, geez, you know, me is like totally, if I don't pick Bell, if Gianna up off the floor and put her, you know, instead of a blankie on the floor, put her into a playpen or a swing, Mia would step right on her. Right. So that right. that was a red flag. And we started to talk to the pediatrician about uh, the speech primarily for Mia. Um, Gianna was also speech. Again, she her physical development was fine in terms of you know, sitting up, crawl, rolling over, sitting up, crawling, walking. Um, a bit late, but nothing statistically late. You know, still within the statistical norms for infancy and toddlerhood. Uh, but her speech really didn't develop, uh, and she was a much fussier child than Mia. And Bella is completely different. Uh, Bella, I firmly believe, was a birth, a pre-birth injury. Bella was breech which meant she was upside down in utero okay. and we turned her we turned her around inside me which is sort of like take the QE2 and put it in a bathtub and then turn it around that's about right. how easily that went and i am 99% sure that we structurally damaged bella's head and neck and spine because bella's oh, physical gosh. development was night and day she didn't develop physically and autism typically isn't a physical structural problem. It's a right, neurological right. problem. So Bella's completely different from her sisters. Um, I call Bella pre-verbal. She's 10. She does not speak. Um, but I like to say when I talk to people, you know, Bella's homo sapiens sapiens, just like the rest of us. And that means she has right. the capacity for speech. That's part of her her genetic imprint. And I haven't figured ah. out the best way to get speech out of her. So she has a couple of words. She's starting to babble. Um, but really, the speech is, is Bella's major major deficit. Okay. okay. So so all three of them are different. They have the same diagnosis. You, you'd come to my house and you'd be like, wow, right. they are nothing alike. So right. We're sort of a snapshot of what autism is. Wow. Well, no, thank you for sharing that. I mean, hopefully the people listening can really get a feel for what you were talking about when you did say, you know, it is a spectrum disorder and, mm-hmm. you know, various people are going to show different types of symptoms on different... Yep. Levels and yeah, I agree. I mean, I've met a handful of people with Asperger's or wasn't even sure mm-hmm. if they had it, but as I got to know yep. them, I was like, they were very bright, but yeah, yep. socially, just the inept, right. just like you said, they they just don't. I won't get into it, but I've met some throughout my profession, and it's like yep. fascinating. They just kind of their skills are frustrating. They can do whatever they want to do. They just it's frustrating as all get very up. bright and right. Yep, but you can't. I mean, you 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 get angry at them. They're, no, they're, they're social inter- I, you, know, you just you just your your instinct is, you know come on already and it, and it's tough and you it gives it, I have a tremendous empathy you know a lot of times people will look at autism as a hierarchy you know from the lowest functioning to the highest functioning which implies something vertical and I always say no it's horizontal right. because I have friends whose right. sons have Aspergers uh, and even into their 20s and 30s their life isn't easy being smart isn't sure. necessarily easy. I've, you know, I've got friends whose sons can't find jobs into their 30s, or can't hold jobs, or can't form relationships. That's no, that's no walk in the park. And right. my friends with younger sons with Aspergers, you know, school is difficult because they don't get the level of supervision and care that my girls get. You know, they don't need it. They can do the academics, so they don't get the handholding that my children get. They're, they're bullied more. Um, mm-hmm. It can be. It's. It. I have friends who are afraid that their sons with Aspergers maybe will bring a knife to school and not understand the social consequences. Sure. I mean, it's sure. a very. It's. I always say, you know what? It's separate but equal. And I and I really yeah. don't like the, you know, the, 
the top of the food chain for autism versus the bottom of the food chain for autism. I just really try to look at it as, as left to right because the challenges may be different, but there's still tremendous challenges no matter where you fall on the spectrum. And I can totally appreciate what you're saying with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. That makes sense. It just seems more um, respectful to me to, to look at it that way versus, oh, you're lucky mm-hmm. your child only has Asperger's. And that poor mom's sobbing at night wondering if you know, the police are going to pick her son up for doing something inappropriate or kill him. You know, because he sure. doesn't listen if he does get picked up. Sure, sure, absolutely. Wow. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, so we talked about some of the symptoms and signs mm-hmm. and when you first started to notice this, and then let's talk a little bit about how you got involved with um, J.B. Hanley, and that was an sure. amazing part of your book where, again, I'll educate the audience, J.B. Hanley is the co-founder of Generation Generation Rescue, and this is an organization that is particularly devoted to um, preventing and finding a cure, as Kim would say, action-oriented for autism. So that must have been amazing when this, this person called you on the phone, right? Or did he tell you? <laughs> I can't remember. He, <laughs> he called me. You, he did. He called he me. He called you. And, uh, wow. you know, I, I had been I'd been on Yahoo groups. You know, God bless the Internet, right? Uh, sure. So I've been active on the internet, I have a Yahoo group that I run for, for parents for treatment, and I got this call from J.B. Henley, who is a firebrand. I mean, he has a son on the spectrum, and he is somewhat controversial in that he speaks his mind, and he believes that this autism epidemic, as many of us believe, uh, much of it is is caused, uh, that this isn't just a genetic explosion over the last 20 years and he did he called me and he said I like your writing and I like your style and I'd like to start a blog and I was wondering if you might run it for me and it couldn't have come at a better time we had just moved to Connecticut uh, when we lived in Ohio for many years and Mark lost his job and we ended up selling everything we owned we sold our house wow. we got rid of a car we sold most of our furniture I had the garage sale from hell you know we just and we we loaded up the minivan and we moved in with my mom and dad in my old house where I grew up in Massachusetts for a year and if you want to talk about a reality show it would have been a doozy and I only thank God and baby Jesus there were no cameras following us Wow, and so you know our finances were—we were just cooked. You know, we didn't—we didn't go into bankruptcy. We didn't file. We didn't lose the house. We just—we got out by the skin of our teeth, and our families helped us. And so when we when Mark went back to work, it was in Westchester County, New York. Which you know, can you think of a more expensive place to live? So we'd wow. come to Connecticut, and we were really still struggling. You know, just it's, you know, and your your listeners know. When times are tough financially, everything else gets tougher. It's just such a hard way to live, uh, wondering on bills and the stress. So when JB called me and said that he would hire me, it it was it was like manna from heaven. It really was. And I got to do what I love. I got to write. I got to complain. I got to yell and scream. And <laughs> and somebody was paying me for it. I mean, hello, slam dunk. <laughs> That's great. I mean, congratulations with that. We're going to talk about more of what you do. Um, we do have a caller, though. So oh, great. let's bring this person on the air, yes, and uh, we'll have them uh, ask you some questions, okay? So sure. I didn't need to interrupt and cut through. No, not at all. Please the chat bring them in. Like, yeah, the person in the chat room was like, oh, you know, I'm I'm calling in. And I'm like, oh, shoot, let me go to the switchboard because I'm, right? I'm going back and forth between various windows. So, um, okay, 484, you are now on the air with uh, author Kim Stagliano. Hi. Hey. Um, I just wanted to say thank you for all that you're doing, um, just, like, talking about everything with autism. Um, I actually have Asperger's, 
And mm-hmm. so it really means a lot to me to know that people uh, like you are working to spread the word um, and make my life and others like mine easier. I had like a late diagnosis um, mm-hmm. and like I almost wasn't able to graduate, but, but now I know how to speak up and I know how to say what I need. And it's good Great. to know that you're giving a voice for the people where I didn't have one before. So I just really wanted Great. to say thank you. Oh, you are welcome. And I hope I hope I explained I hope I explained Asperger's in a way that makes you feel proud and that uh, you can appreciate that I that we don't I really don't like that hierarchy. And I know that you guys on the Asperger Aspergian side, as my friend John Robeson would say, uh, you have your own set of really distinct challenges. And yeah. everybody deserves everybody deserves uh, help and education so that uh, you know you have the best possible life. It's- that, that yeah, you can have as and well. you said it. You said it right when when you said that. Um, like your kids may get you know the help that they need in school, um, but when but when you're dealing with Asperger's, which it is higher functioning, and and so I don't, I never was able to really you know get that help because sure. I could do the work. You know, yep, I right. was in the classroom, and you know, they they saw my high grades, and they thought, well, you know, she's doing perfectly right. fine. And and I'm yep. thinking, you don't understand. I am, you know, in tears, having panic attacks at home, fighting with my mom, yep. telling her, you know, I'm sorry, I forgot my homework again. You know, and yeah. and no one could understand. And so yes, we do. We have our challenges, but you yep. know, I also like to try and look at it in another positive way, too, because cause if you just keep looking at it with, you know, all this negative thinking and, you know, all how how terrible it is, then, then no, life is going to suck. You know? Sure. Yes, life can suck. But at the same time, you know, I always try and remember, you know what, though? I got through it. I got yeah, through that for you. I got, I, I've gotten <laughs> through all this stuff, and... And so I just really appreciate you, you know, doing what you are doing and, you know, trying to just express, you know, express what it's like. You know, Thank it's you. not all fun and games, but it's but it's not all terrible either. I, and so I'm Absolutely. glad that you wrote your, it in such a comedian way, you know. It's your life. You know, it's your it life. Is. You deserve a great it life. It is. And, and especially you're a woman with Asperger's. That's unusual, like my three girls. It's you're you're rare among the rare, so I'm sure it's especially difficult for you to get the support that you've needed because people don't really expect Aspergers and girls, which of course is exactly. poppycock, as we know. Well, yeah, I don't wow. I don't understand why people don't why people don't go ahead and say, okay, yeah, girls can have it too, and it's like, <laughs> why can't they? I mean, I know why, why is power. it a type of disorder? I don't understand that. It's like, you know, boys can get cancer, girls can get cancer. You know, boys can have autism, girls can have autism. It's not a sexist, nothing, you know, nothing with the body is very sexist, you know. So I'm I'm really, you know, like I said, I'm just very um, appreciative of, of what you're doing. Thanks a million. That means a lot to me. Believe me, because I thank you I tread so carefully, much. and and I and I always want to maintain that line of respect, and, and and I don't want to make another person on the spectrum feel bad about themselves, even where I talk about some of the more difficult things. So it absolutely just you made my day. Thank you. Um, but can I also mention? Um, I have actually a website I've been working on uh, yeah. to to really express what my life has been like. Um, and I'd just like to say that website, um, it's http colon slash slash I have Asperger's 
Asperger's.webs.com. I have Asperger's. What? W E B S? Yes. Web? Yeah, web.com. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. I really appreciate you calling in. And real quick, how did you even learn about the show tonight? I'm always curious to know people how they came across it. Well, um, lately I've really been into um, trying to promote autism awareness. I, I know I know that you're more into the action of it, but I, I think <laughs> awareness is a big test. So, um, so I've been, you know, on the Blog Talk Radio website, and oh, and I kind cool. of do some searching for for shows that are on autism, and, and you know, I like to try and to to listen to what other people have to say about it. So. Awesome. Um, I, I I saw yours was in one of those, so I was I'm glad I'm able to to listen to it because it's a really good one. Thank you, thank you so much for tuning in. I mean, and coming on the show, and yeah, this is this is a great guest we have tonight. So I'm so happy you were able to come in and listen to it and and vent and get your stuff out there too. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank You're you. Welcome. Thank you for tuning in, and best of luck with your website and everything. Thanks. Okay. Okay, everyone, so there we go. We had a guest just call in, and, wow, she was very appreciative of you, Kim, which is awesome. She just completely made my night. Just, that was awesome. awesome. What a sweetheart. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, If anyone is just tuning in, again, we are speaking with Kim Stagliano tonight, who is the author of her book, All I Can Handle, I'm No Mother Teresa, which discusses her life about raising three daughters with autism. So definitely check her out at www.kimstagliano.com. And we do have another um, fan, a Howard Stern fan, in the chat room. She wants to know, she had asked me a question when you were speaking uh, with the other Mm -hmm. girl that called in. She said, um, you know, often couples argue about how to raise their children. Um, Mm -hmm. How is Kim and her wonderful husband able to seem so in tune with one another? (laughs) <laughs> there's the operative word how do they seem so in tune um i think mark sees the benefit i mean we we, div- we did a divide and conquer like most families do and you know come on mom does certain things dad does certain things and uh, i think mark sort of knew my personality and telling me no was pointless so uh, we he, he just and he saw the benefit for the kids. You know, the kids were doing well. We've never done anything that he said. You know, I don't think that's right. I don't think that's safe. I don't think that's the right move. Um, he sort of gave me carte blanche to do what I needed to do, especially when they were younger. And he had a sales job where he traveled a ton. Um, we, he, he, he's on the same. We're on the same plane in terms of sort of holistic health. So that helps. You know, both of us are sort of organic-y. We sh- I shave my underarms, but I am kind of organic-y. Um, he doesn't shave his underarms, <laughs> thank God, but uh, that's another. And he doesn't wax them. or any, Let's not go there, right? Um, right, right. We, we've we've just managed to, you know, this is best for the kids. Okay, then we can both see it, and we and we can move forward. That's great. That's great. Um, so we were talking about, again, signs, how you started to, you know, notice mm-hmm. that your daughter was having symptoms, and then we talked about spectrum disorders. So let's talk a little bit now about, like you're saying, action-oriented stuff, like treatments mm-hmm. and, and what's currently going yep. on. So you spoke a lot about the curriculum of applied behavioral analysis, um, mm-hmm. which is a program that's been developed for individuals with autism and spectrum disorders. And I noticed yep. you mentioned throughout your book that 
sometimes it was hard to really find, I guess, schools that were really honing in and, I guess, understanding this type of program because I think you had mentioned, right, that you were having a difficult time finding oh, sure. people that sure. were doing this. So let's talk a little, tell me a little bit more about the program and the audience about what does applied behavioral analysis do? You know, how can people locate such programs if they want to mm-hmm. enroll their children in something like this? Well, when when you have a toddler, which is typically when you get you know, an autism diagnosis, typically starts before the age of three, or the symptoms, you know, the diagnosis may be a little bit later. But let's let's say you have a toddler who's not developing typically, and you go to you know, every every county in America has early intervention. That's what it's called. And you go and they they do an intake, they do an evaluation, and they do a developmental versus chronological age evaluation. So if your baby is 15 months old and not crawling, that would be a gap between where they should be. So early intervention is everybody has access to early intervention across the country. It's free. Uh, If you have any questions about your child's development, by all means, call them. Delaying is never the answer. Despite the brick that's sitting in your stomach, make the call. Uh, There is the chance that they're going to say, nervous Nelly, don't worry about it, there's nothing wrong. Or there's a chance they're going to say, yeah, let's tackle it now. Early is always better with developmental issues. Sure. from 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 age that's from birth to age three from three to six you go into preschool and then from six on you're into the your services come to the school districts like anything across the country every district every region has different services there's no okay there's no homogeneity to how services are provided uh, ABA was a California thing that started and came across the country. Some districts picked it up, some districts didn't. There were different methods for working therapies for working with kids with autism, just like there are, I'm sure, in psychology. You know, some psychologists right. have one style that they use. Others, you know, Jung. You know, what is it? Jung versus uh, Carl Jung. Is it versus? Yeah, Carl Jung. Mm-hmm. Who's the famous guy with the hair? Um, you know what I mean? Not Albert Freud? Einstein. Freud. Freud. Yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> I can't pull Freud up. I'm an idiot. Um, you know, right. So it's the same in autism. You're not an idiot. A, I, I can really be quite the idiot, trust me. By <laughs> 10 o'clock, I'm a complete moron. Uh, so ABA is Applied Behavioral Analysis. It's a it's a series of discrete trial training where you it's sort of carrot and stick. You know, you 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 have the child complete a task over and over and over in the same way so that they learn it. And it has been proven for some kids to be really effective. And it's one of the only psychological clinical treatments that's really been studied scientifically. So because of that, it tends to be used more frequently because there's science behind it. And if you're a school district or you're a a, a, a municipality, sure. you want to use what's proven. So I get that. Sure, absolutely. Uh, North Carolina, in the 70s, North Carolina came up with a program called TEACH, uh, the TEACH program is a completely different modality for autism, and it also works very well. The thing about autism is, like, my kids are very different. The treatments that work for them are very different. So if you're a right. school teacher and you have five kids with autism, you've got five different ways to teach because each child is going to learn very differently, just like typical kids. Right. You know, Some kids are visual, mm-hmm. some are tactile, some are auditory, um, so ABA can be great for some kids. There are some kids who've lost their diagnosis through ABA. Uh, it's We didn't really have it in Ohio where I was. We moved to Massachusetts. We had it. It was great for Bella. It was good for Mia. Eh, it wasn't so great for Gianna. 
Um, okay. But it, it's it's something that you can do early on that will help get immediate skills into a young child, and that's what you want. You right. want those immediate, right. you know, an immediate turnaround uh, in, a, in, a, in a in a benefit. So ABA is really important. Nice. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. It definitely was educational for me. And, again, I know a little bit about it, but I'm mm-hmm. not, you know, treating that per se, so I don't know yep. as much as you do. So um, so what else would you like to, while we're talking, um, you know, before we wrap things up in a little bit, what else sure. would you like to share with the audience and what would you like to hone in on, um, I'd l- you know, while yeah, we have some time? Things. I'd like the audience to know that autism is a genuine epidemic. There's there's been a whitewashing there's or, or or just you know sometimes you hear a word so often it becomes sort of you become sort of immune to it. The kids mm-hmm. autism really right now the the brunt of the autism epidemic. Kids were born in the early 90s. That's when the numbers the numbers have gone from like one in 20,000 in the 60s to one in more than a hundred. It's more than one percent okay. right now. And some of that is diagnostic substitution. A small amount of it is. Uh, but you couldn't really mistake my kids with their speech patterns and their and their behaviors uh, for mm-hmm. anything other than autism. You know, so a pedi- I write in the book. You know, my pediatrician in 1970 would have been shocked to see autism, but he would have known it was autism. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's not strictly diagnostic substitution, which is what it's called you know, when you take what used to be called, say, mental retardation, uh, but now you right. call it something else. It's not completely that. And there have been studies that have proven that. The numbers, you can't account for all the numbers uh, simply by either adding Asperger's or or calling it something else. And what's happened so far is the, the, the epidemic has been cradled by the parents and the school districts. And at age 22, children are no longer able to go to school. My kids can go to school up until the end of their 21st year. That's okay. that's who pays for their services, and then they go into the Department of Developmental Disabilities. They're just out. It's called aging out, and now they wow. need jobs, and now they need a place to live, and now they need care, and it really doesn't exist in the numbers that are needed. So that's why a lot of us are so vocal about not only what's coming in terms of the flood of kids, but about prevention. Right. Yeah, right. I would like to be able to prevent what happened to my kids in the next kid. I would. I mean, I'd be an idiot if I didn't. Mm-hmm. I don't want another generation of kids who cannot speak and cannot care for themselves and are so severely, uh, their stomachs are so sick, you know, their, their their gastrointestinal systems don't work, their immune systems don't work, they have seizures. There are some really right. serious medical conditions that are going along with autism um, that we need to address. So that's part of why I talk about, you know, I would like a cure. Cure is a bad word for some people. You know, find me something in the world that we don't want to cure. Uh, right. My kids need Absolutely. a cure. <laughs> if my kids ended up like that beautiful girl who just called, I'd consider that a cure for them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Graduated Absolutely. from school, able to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't need them to become neurotypical per se, but, man, mm-hmm. they need a lot of help. They They just do. Mm-hmm. So... Um, for people to know that, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, there are there's a lot coming, and uh, we're, we're, it's it's not going to be going away anytime soon. So nice, nice. Well, definitely, I know you're going to be in the forefront, being that advocate and doing that action oriented approach, and you know, getting everything out there. And that's awesome. I mean, that's really great. Um, thank you. So let's. Um, I guess I'm not sure what else. What else do you want to – I mean, I definitely want to plug your book, tell people a little <laughs> bit about where you can 
where they can purchase it. Also tell them about any upcoming book signings you have. So I definitely want to, why don't you uh, talk a little sure. bit about that? And then, well, yeah, if and people then we'll would like to follow up. me, the, the easiest way to learn about things is to, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm Kim Stagliano, or you can follow okay. Age of Autism. If you're interested in you know, on my Kim Twitter, I'm not all autism by any stretch. Um, I do swear I have a potty mouth, so be warned. <laughs> on Age of Autism, I think I swore once on Age of Autism, and I forgot. I use TweetDeck, so I've got all my different accounts up there, and I got my wires crossed, and I did say something horrible on Age of Autism. I felt very bad. I was like, oh, God, there goes that pseudo-professional facade I've been trying so hard to manage. Um, gone in a heartbeat gone with a single F-bomb. Um, so Age of Autism and Kim Stagliano on Twitter. And I'm also on Facebook. My book is on Facebook as All I Can Handle, and I'm on as well. And I friend most people. I, I'm, I'm pretty good about friending people. And uh, I think the best thing to do if you're interested in the topic would be to start reading Age of Autism. Um, you know, take a look at our sponsors specifically. We have a number of sponsors who are the action-oriented groups who will give you, as a parent, immediate immediate help for your kids. And that's what we're about. So you know, if you pop over to ageofautism.com, check out the sponsors. You'll find some great help there to get that's you through great. the day. That's great. And what about any uh, upcoming book signings where people might be able to... I'm going to be next to, week at a conference, which I don't, I'm at a large conference next week called Autism One. Okay. But um, my book signings have slowed down for now. In the fall, my paperback okay. is coming out. And I've oh, added great. content to the paperback, and I've added some. Uh, I've added a Q&A, so I'll start up a book tour again in the fall, most likely. Um, but I'm always available, like for Skype interviews. I'm available for book clubs. I would love to, if you have an autism group that you'd like me to talk to. I'll Skype it. I was so happy to hear this wasn't Skype tonight. I didn't have to do my hair. I didn't have to put on lipstick. Yeah, nothing. You know, it was I awesome. Unfortunately, Kim, I don't know much about Skype. I've I've done the chat room on it once in a while with a long time mm -hmm. ago for some music stuff, but I haven't actually yeah. done the actual formal talking, and I'm like, uh, I don't really right. want to get involved in that. So <laughs> yeah, it, so, it, no, it can be dicey. Out well. Depending on your camera, and your, you can be choppy or break up and such. Whereas, yeah. I'm I'm literally I'm on a princess phone from 1976 in my bedroom. That's what awesome. I have. A wired, <laughs> old-fashioned. In fact, when I called wow. in, you know, I dialed. It's got a rotary dial, you know, the whole thing. Oh my God. And then I realized it says, you know, push one to tell the, you know, to tell you that you're here. And I was the like, host you there, I, right? I can't push one on this phone. I better, so I had to call on my, you know, my old cord, my cordless, and then. But I did pick up my princess phone. I think I put a picture of it on Facebook. This is the phone I'm calling Carry On. It's a beautiful yellow princess phone, and everybody I'll should have one in their out. room. <laughs> Oh, wow. Well, Kim, it was so wonderful having you on. I'm so glad we have, very have this opportunity for you. Thank you. Um, and, again, everyone, please uh, be sure to check out Kim Stagliano. Go to her website at kimstagliano.com and definitely purchase her book, All I Can Handle, I'm No Mother Teresa. And is that that's purchasable off of your website as well? As, is there other places that you have it it's, for it's, sale? Well, it's on Amazon. I don't sell it through my website. It's, it's Amazon. at Amazon. It's in bookstores. Oh, okay, on the no, it's on the Kindle, it's on the Nook, um, nice. Amazon has a great price, it's at walmart.com, it's in most bookstores, they have it in the parenting section, it has a hot pink cover with three retro baby dolls, I'm very into the retro yep. thing, so it's got three <laughs> retro baby dolls across the front, and you kind of can't miss it, it's the only screaming hot pink book on the parenting shelf. So That was it, there you go, that was a good marketing ploy too, to get that hot pink out there. 
Who knew? I guess the the, the publisher knew what they were doing. (laughs) Nice, nice. Well, again, I always like to do future updates with my guests, so if you want to come on again sometime in the future um, and you're promoting something else and you have some new news or you want to talk about your paperback with some of the additions to it, you know, feel free to contact me, and I'd absolutely love to bring you on. Again, Kim, you're an amazing person. Uh, Your resiliency, your perseverance, I can totally appreciate that, and um, I wish you much continued success with everything that you're doing. Thank you. I appreciate the time. It was a blast being here. I look forward to listening to your beautiful music. And um, Thank you. keep, keep your hair curly. Don't ever straighten your hair. We have we curly girls have to stick together. <laughs> That's right. You too. You too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Thanks, Carrie. Good night, so everyone. Let's, uh, let's keep. Yeah. Good night, everyone. And also, um, just continue to feel free to po- uh, post the podcast. It'll be available probably within ten minutes. Okay. Oh, great. I will. I'll put it everywhere. Yep. You can. Yeah, you can post that, and hopefully everyone will check it out and continue to promote it. So again, everyone, we had the amazing Kim Stagliano tonight, author of All I Can Handle, I'm No Mother Teresa, and check her out at kimstagliano.com. Thanks so much, Kim. Thank you, Kim. And we'll be in touch. Okay. Bye-bye. Take care. All right. Bye. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in tonight. It's an awesome show, and I hope everyone can check this show out. If you haven't been able to listen to it yet, we will post the cut. Oh, gosh, now I'm losing it. I'm getting tired. We will post the podcast shortly, so anyone who missed it, you can listen to it at your convenience, again, with our author and autism advocate, Kim Stagliano. Um, for the closing of the show, if anyone you know would like to be a guest on the Carrie Edelman Show, please become a fan on Facebook by going to the Carrie Edelman Show, as there's detailed information there about how to book an interview. And also, if you are a band or musician who would like their song featured on the show or a product that you would like advertised, please send a professionally recorded, high-quality MP3 to CarrieEdelman.com. Next week, we have on the show, May 25th at 8 o'clock p.m., we will have comedian Jim Florentine coming on. So everyone definitely has to come check this one out. We had uh, his co-host of uh, VH1's That Metal Show a few weeks ago, Don Jameson, was on. So if you haven't heard Don, definitely check out the podcast for him. He was a great guest. And a little bit about Jim. Jim is a nationally touring, well-known comedian who can be seen performing his stand-up act at comedy clubs and theaters all over the country. Jim is known for co-hosting VH1's classic hit heavy metal talk show series, That Metal Show, with Don Jameson and Eddie Trunk. Jim has become an Emmy Award winner for his work on HBO's Inside the NFL. And he also, along with his longtime comedy partner, Don Jameson, is known for writing, producing, and performing sports-themed comedy sketches, collaborating on Hidden Camera DVD and Comedy Central web series titled Meet the Creeps, as well as a series of prank call CVDs titled Terrorizing Telemarketers, which are played on the Howard Stern Show. And it wasn't until Jimmy Kimmel and Adam Carolla particularly took a liking to his prank calls that led Jim to be hired on Comedy Central and in a show called Crank Anchors, where he debuted several of his uh, character voices. Jim also has been featured on Down and Dirty with Jim Norton, the stand-up comedy series that aired on HBO. And he will be in an upcoming film titled A Little Help, starring Jenna Fisher from The Office and Chris O'Donnell. Finally, you can also check Jim out. He's been seen on The Apprentice. He's also been seen on The Howard Stern Show, Last Call at Carson Daly, Jimmy Kimmel, um, and numerous other shows. And uh, Jim recently um, signed a deal with Legendary Metal Blade Records 
and he has numerous comedy CDs available, including Anger is a Gift and Get the Kids Out of the Room. For more information, you can visit Jim Florentine at jimflorentine.com. Thanks, everyone, so much for tuning in tonight. I will go to the chat room in a minute to finish up, and we are going to leave off with my hit single, Leave It All Behind, which is the title track off of my album, Leave It All Behind, now available on iTunes by searching Carrie Edelman. Thanks again, everyone. I appreciate your support, and we will be back next week, 8 o'clock p.m., May 25th, with Jim Florentine. Have a great night.